Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is ESPN Radio. may have come down to this or that in terms of the New England Patriots or the Tennessee Titans, and he chose that. He chose the Tennessee Titans. DeAndre Hopkins now the wide receiver of the Tennessee Titans. Amber Wilson, Harry Douglas hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. You can also watch us on ESPNU. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So we've been reacting to this move by D Hop, and we both agree, Harry, this tremendously upgrades the Tennessee Titans offense, right? Yep, it does. I, I believe it, it does extremely uh, in a massive way. When you look at this team last year who decided to get rid of their number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and we've seen what A.J. Brown meant to the Philadelphia Eagles and also quarterback Jalen Hurts, they needed another guy. Number one to be a number one guy, also their first round draft pick when they got rid of uh, A.J. Brown was Traylon Burks. They need him to get going. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to relieve a ton of pressure off of their young receiver who's been plagued by injuries early on in his career so he can get going and be what they had the hopes for him to be when they drafted him in the first round. Yeah, he'll be Hopkins will be in the slot. Will will slot into the role as an outside receiver opposite of Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, of course, a second year receiver who the Tennessee Titans have big hopes for. And so this brings a vet into your locker room and helps uh, helps develop that wide receiver room. And Harry, you played at that position for the Tennessee Titans. You were in the NFL for a decade. What does that mean as a young receiver to have a vet in that room? It's everything. Um, I was blessed enough. I had four of them in my room when I when I got drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. And there are going to be times where you have those dog days, right? When you feel like as a young player, you can't do anything right. Everything that you're trying to process is going 100 miles per hour. Sometimes you're out there running around like a chicken with your head cut off. But I had a Roddy White. I had a Brian Finneran, a Michael Jenkins. Tony Gonzalez came. So it's days where those guys will put their arm around me. And just say, hey, young buck, it's going to be all right, man. Just keep pushing, keep fighting, keep a positive attitude. That speaks volumes, and it means everything. It means everything as a young player when you're just trying to get acclimated to things. And then on top of it, when you look at a guy like Traylon Burks who's been injured, that throws salt into the wound because he can't stay healthy right now um, early in his career. So when you have an older player that can relieve a lot of pressure off of you, as well as you have a guy like a Derrick Henry at the running back position where you know the defense is going to focus on. For young receivers, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything in the world. And I know DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that he's going to be able to lean on to teach him some tricks of the trade, right? How to take care of your body. How, you know, when you leave the facility, that you still have to be honed in and not just wait till you get to the facility to, to perfect your craft. 
So now it's Traylon Burks, it's Kyle Phillips, and it's Chris Moore, plus DeAndre Hopkins catching passes from Ryan Tannehill. We know that he was considering the New England Patriots or the Tennessee Titans, and there's a lot of people that want to rag on Ryan Tannehill. But by my account, Harry, Ryan Tannehill is much more proven than Mac Jones is. So if I was deciding between those two quarterbacks, I certainly would feel more comfortable going to Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill isn't a quarterback that we're going to compare to top-tier quarterbacks ever in his career. His career has been long enough that we know he is not a top-tier quarterback. But he is a quarterback who has had success in the National Football League. He has played in conference championships, and he has been in the league for a very, very long time there is some consistency there as a quarterback who has been a starter for many years for two different teams well that's the thing about Ryan Tannehill the Tennessee Titans versions of of Tannehill is that he's been consistent for that organization right Um, I know a lot of coaches in the league have the utmost respect for him and the way he approaches the game and you you look at last year they bring they draft Malik Willis this year um, they drafted another quarterback right Uh, Will Levis but Ryan Tannehill is still going to do everything that he needs to do to get the offense in good standings and put them where they need where they, where they, uh, need, they need to be. And he's going to be able to make those throws. He's going to be able to, you know, help this team out in tremendous of ways. But he's also a dual threat. He doesn't run on a consistent basis. But when he does need to scramble, when they do need to do the zone read a little bit, he's able to do those type of things, too, because of his uh, athleticism. Yes, Ryan Tannehill is sneakily athletic. He absolutely is that. Certainly a quarterback that can run the play action there. And DeAndre Hopkins now a huge weapon for Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis or Will Levis, right? Whoever ends up being the quarterback of that team. That's why I love this move for the Titans because the Titans are trying to develop their receiver room. They've got a young core of receivers there in Tennessee. They're also trying to develop that quarterback's room, right? I mean, Ryan Tannehill is not the future in Tennessee, even if he's going to be the starter at the beginning of the season. We know that they're going to want to move on from Ryan Tannehill, and they're trying to move on from Ryan Tannehill to one of their draft picks in Malik Willis or in Will Levis. And if you're trying to develop quarterbacks in addition to receivers, you bring in the big flashy name with the proven record, the guy who has been excellent throughout his career in the National Football League, and he helps develop two rooms not just the wide receivers room as a veteran and give them some inspiration there but also maybe develop some of those quarterbacks as well at least you have to hit on just one of those guys behind Ryan Tannehill to move on the future here for Tennessee yeah I believe so and and also Amber I would throw this into the equation as well when it comes to Tennessee I think the biggest question when it comes to their offense uh, because now you have a DeAndre Hopkins it's going to be the offensive line I played with two guys that they lost, right? Their center, Ben Jones, who I think was one of the best in the National Football League. I'm not going to say he was number one, but he was definitely one of the best. And his approach to the everyday game was just second to none. And then Taylor Lewan, you also lost him. Roger Saffu, he's no longer there as well. So they drafted Peter Skaronsky. Uh, I think he's going to play left guard, but he's a guy that can play center or or the guard position. They're going to be counting on him to be able to be that anchor of that offensive line, especially where they drafted him so that offensive line could be better in the run game, so that offensive line can try to be better in pass protection because they weren't a season ago. 
We are thrilled to have a former Tennessee Titans wide receiver co-hosting <laughs> this show today. That is Harry Douglas. Find him at HDouglas83. I'm Amber Wilson. Find me as well at Amber W Sports. We're going to have a current Titan, Titan safety. Kevin Byard is going to join the show at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So you guys are not going to want to miss that. But speaking of former Titans, Blaine Bishop, former NFL safety and host on Titans Radio Network, was on primetime here on ESPN Radio. And he says now the Titans, they can compete with anybody. Well, whenever you're on a Mike Vrabel team, I, I think he believes that they can compete anytime he's a head coach. I don't think he's going to, you know, sacrifice and believe that, uh, you know, this is just a kind of rebuild type team. I think they've done a really good job, him and Rand now, of uh, kind of playing in the middle of the world with kind of transitioning, but yet at the same time being very competitive, and especially you in the AFC South. I think all you have to do now is contend with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think they feel like they have a, a great shot of uh, beating them and uh, be competing, and, unlike you know most national uh, pundits who believe that uh, they won't be very good. So I, I think the team now can be very competitive, not only just in the AFC South, but against anybody with DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of national pundits not thinking the Titans are going to be any good. A lot of our callers this morning not thinking the Titans were the right decision there for D-Hop because a lot of people sort of disrespecting the Tennessee Titans for a team, Harry, that still does have Derrick Henry and still does have Rabel coaching that team. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. When you look across the landscape of the AFC, right, you can probably name Amber probably seven or eight teams before you even get to the Titans, right? You look at Kansas City, Miami, Buffalo, Cincy, the Ravens, Chargers, Jets, all these teams, right? But That's here's with the D-Hop. Thing. You're saying with D-Hop? Yes. Yeah, with D-Hop still. But here's the thing. When you have a head coach like Mike Vrabel, when you have a running back like Derrick Henry, when you have a Jeffrey Simmons and a Kevin Byard on the opposite side, those type of things matter. You look at this team in 2019, right? As a wild card team, they go up to New England when Tom Brady was still there. They won that game. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens had the number one seat that same year. They go into uh, Baltimore, shut down Lamar, and come out with a victory. They had an AFC championship appearance. 2021, you go through a ton of injuries, and nobody predicted the Tennessee Titans would have the number one seat. Probably one person, but I'm not going to mention that one person because y'all are listening to him talk right now. But they get the number <laughs> one seat in the AFC. Hey, sometimes you got to. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> but they get the number one seed that year, which was unexpected by a lot of people. But when you have solid players at base positions and you have a head coach and you understand what the culture is on that or- in that organization and that football team, you have a chance against any and everybody. You can always join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. Dennis is in Delaware. Dennis wants to weigh in on D-Hop's decision. Go ahead, Dennis. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Amber. And Harry, I'm always rocking the candle every single day. You know that. That's what I'm talking about, Um, baby. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it's a bad decision because, Amber, I'm a big Dolphin fan, and I love Ryan Tannehill, but his best days are way behind him. There's going to be a lot of controversy there uh, with the quarterback situation in Tennessee. Will Levis, I think, is overrated. Mel Kuyper hyped him up too much this year. He dropped to the second round in the draft for a reason. Um, I think if Tannehill struggles, the fans will be calling for Levis. There's just too much instability at the quarterback position at Tennessee, and Vrabel doesn't catch touchdown passes. He's a good coach and all that, but I would have liked to see DeAndre go to the Jets, maybe with Aaron Rodgers, 
or even Kansas City, a place where he could really be in a high-powered offense. That's just my opinion. I think Tennessee is going to be mired in a quarterback controversy for the next year or two. Um, That's just my opinion. Well, thanks for the call. We appreciate you expressing your opinion here. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio. The Chiefs have no salary cap room. I mean, I don't know how they would have gotten this done. He would have had to take a massive discount when we were talking about signing with the Chiefs. A lot of teams in that conversation of having to take a discount. Now, could he have done that? Sure. He could have considered doing that. It seems like he wanted to get paid. In addition to going somewhere that, you know, he had a relationship with the coach and he must feel pretty good about Tennessee if he's willing to go there. He did say on social media, he's, he has taken issue with everybody coming out and sort of saying that he's just going after the bag and acting like the Titans aren't going to be any good this season now at all. Well, that, that's what I think is big because DeAndre Hopkins understands football and he sees that defense, right? He sees a Ryan Tannehill, a guy who's been consistent. He sees a Derrick Henry, in which he posted a picture of of him and Derrick Henry talking. I think it was one of the times they probably had a joint practice uh, or, or it was after a game or something with one another. Like, you, you see those type of things, and it's not – it's not magical that he decided he wanted to go to Tennessee. You look at the relationship between the head coach and right. also the offensive coordinator. And, and on top of a team needing a number one guy, you've seen what A.J. Brown did there when he was with the Tennessee Titans. And I think DeAndre Hopkins was like, okay, well, I can I could fill in that role and be that guy for this team the next year or two. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Uh, Tennessee Titans allow A.J. Brown to head to Philadelphia, and now they're Oof. making up for it a year later, having to pay DeAndre Hopkins. Certainly some questionable decisions there by the front office in Tennessee, but they are trying to right their wrongs. We're going to right our wrongs here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, we know where DeAndre Hopkins is headed, but there's one other NFL piece that still has to fall into place. We'll tell you what that is. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. So D-Hop, he is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. You heard it there, two years. 
The first year up to $15 million. OBJ getting $15 million this year. I'm guessing he was looking at that contract and trying to do something similar to that. He chose Tennessee. They're letting him do it. He certainly had multiple suitors, though. Let's bring in some help with this conversation. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here on ESPN Radio. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Were you surprised that the choice for D-Hop was Tennessee? Good morning, guys. A little bit. I thought New England would have been there, just given Bill O'Brien had him in Houston, despite that not ending well. Clearly, they needed a receiver. But at the end of the day, Mike Rabel and Tim Kelly get their guy, and this dramatically helps Tennessee guys. Mike T., why didn't DeAndre Hopkins choose to go to a team with a better quarterback on a one-year deal opposed to the two-year deal he signed with the Titans, in your opinion? Yeah. Um, wait, Harry, can you repeat that? I lost you there for a second. Yeah, why didn't Hopkins choose to go to a team uh, with a better quarterback on a one-year deal opposed to the two-year deal he signed with the Titans, in your opinion? Harry, I think it had a lot to do with the market. I think he wanted that $15 million one-year deal that Odell Beckham got with uh, Baltimore. Clearly, that wasn't there. I think DeAndre is still a great player. I think D-Hop makes them um, a chance to win the South. They'll be right there with Jacksonville. And I was a little surprised he didn't go one year and bet on himself, you know, because Ryan Tannehill could be a very, very good quarterback. So I'm a little surprised that he went two years and not one year as well. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us. That was a surprise for a lot of people. You mentioned there, too, passing on the New England Patriots was a surprise for a lot of people as well. He visited the Patriots. He considered the Patriots. How much of his past with Bill O'Brien do you think factored into that decision, Mike? Yeah, I'm not sure, but, you know, I do know working for Coach Belichick a couple times that, you know, Coach will get a number in his mind, and and that's where they'll be. And I really respect him, you know, and his discipline. You know, they recently extended Devontae Parker. And when they did that, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe, you know, D-Hop's not as important to them as maybe we think he is. You know, maybe Tyquan Thornton, you know, last year's second-round pick had a good, you know, camp for them. So there could have been a number of factors. Bill O'Brien may have been that, but – um. You know, I just um, I just admire coaches' discipline. And while we may think that they need a receiver, if he's happy with you know someone like Devontae Parker, then that's all that matters to him. From the Titans' perspective, does a move like this signing DeAndre Hopkins mean that it's a it's a make or break season for Ryan Tannehill? Absolutely, but I think it's a shot in the arm, Harry. I think. It tells them, like, hey, we could go win this year. So I thought that it was a real positive for Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Mike Tannebaum joining us. Very familiar with Ryan Tannehill from his time in Miami ESPN NFL front office insider. So a shot in the arm there for Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis or Malik Willis or whoever ends up being the quarterback there as the season rolls on. I'm imagining it's one reason that the Titans, Mike, were so committed to bringing in DeAndre Hopkins to provide that quarterback room another dynamic weapon. Do you think that they overpaid for DeAndre Hopkins in doing so? I don't think so. I mean, he's still a great player, and I think Ryan Tannehill is a very good NFL quarterback who, when we were in Miami, led us to the playoffs, and when healthy is still, in my opinion, a top 10, top 12 quarterback. So I think Tennessee certainly feel, agrees with that assessment because if they were going to go with Will Levis or Malik Willis, I don't think you sign uh, somebody like D-Hop. I think what they're saying is, like, let's bring him back with you know, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and let's add a great receiver in terms of we didn't really replace 
you know, A.J. Brown. And, you know, when you see a player like A.J. Brown move on and they moved on from the GM but not the head coach, you know, that tells me, um, you know, kind of what they thought of that situation. And now they have a front-line receiver. And Mike, when you look at the Tennessee Titans and their offense, what other moves do you think they need to make to, you know, have a stronger offense more so than they did in 2022? It, that, that's a good question, Harry. You know, their offensive line a couple of years ago was, was arguably the best in the league when they were. And I think consistent line play for them is going to be important. Again, you know, this offense is still going to go through Derrick Henry, who's a great running back. We all know that. And um, their offensive line play has to get back to that level of two years ago. And if they do, yeah, win the AFC South this year. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. You can always chime into the conversation here on ESPN Radio. You can also watch us on ESPNU, Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's how you get in touch with me and Harry. That is where Juwan in Ohio is. I understand, Juwan, that you were taking issue with Harry's list a little earlier in the show of the NFL players with the most pressure this upcoming season. What you got for us? Yes. Um, can you hear me? I can. Yeah, we Go can ahead. hear you. Okay, this is the problem. Dak Prescott was injured last year, and y'all know that's why he called him interceptions. That's for one. But y'all give Josh Allen so many passes. If I told y'all Dak Prescott had 166 touchdown passes and 65 interceptions, and Josh Allen got 138 touchdown passes and 60 interceptions, one epic playoff game against Kansas City, and Dak Prescott won epic playoff game against Aaron Rodgers. I don't get what a pass coming for Josh Allen. Josh Allen's clearly number one. He should be number one in that list, man. Without Brian Dayball, he's nothing. Go ahead. I want to respond to that. Well, that is inter- I, I, that's real interesting, Juwan. Go ahead, Harry. Well, here's the thing. I, I do believe that Josh Allen, when it comes to the lights of you look at a Joe Burrow, you look at a Patrick Mahomes, he's still a guy that has to get to a Super Bowl. But one of the things that Josh Allen did that Dak Prescott hasn't did is at least he plays for a conference championship. Dak Prescott has not done that yet. Right. And one of the main reasons uh, he was able to play for a conference championship is because of his play. Now, does he need to be better in the playoffs when it comes to being more consistent, um, not missing open throws, taking care of the football? Yes, I do agree with that. But Josh Allen has been able to do something that Dak Prescott has not been able to do until this until last year versus Cincinnati. Josh Allen was undefeated at home in the playoffs. I can't say the same about about Dak Prescott either. You cannot say the same about Dak Prescott. Also, most people are very sold on the fact that Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the NFL. When we were doing our Rankum series oh, yes. and we were ranking quarterbacks, a lot of people had Josh Allen across ESPN on their top five quarterbacks. I don't think anybody had Dak Prescott, right? And, I mean, that's no. just the reality of the situation <laughs> with Dak. That caller is right. Juwan is right in terms of the accuracy issues with Josh Allen. He does take chances that he shouldn't take sometimes. And certainly the interception numbers for Josh Allen, just like they are for Dak this past season, are too high. I'm not negating that portion of the conversation, but what Josh Allen does otherwise in terms of through the air and with his legs frankly, is incomparable, in my opinion, when we're talking about Dak. And I'm, go, go, I'm one go ask Jerry Jones. Dak than most. Go ask Jerry Jones who would he rather have right now, Josh Allen or Dak Prescott? And I think the answer would be easy. 
Right. I, I, I think so <laughs> as well. Not to say that Dak can't make Jerry very happy this upcoming season. He has been battling injuries here over the last couple seasons, but that's also part of this conversation as well. So Harry Douglas thinking that Dak Prescott has the most pressure on him in the NFL. He's got that star on his helmet. He certainly has all eyeballs on him because of that. We'll find out who I think has the most pressure on them a little bit later in the show. But coming up next here on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas, what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley? The Giants and Barkley have until 4 p.m. today to get a deal done. That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. Well, Saquon Barkley is hoping New York goes easy on him and hands him a multi-year deal. The clock is ticking, Harry Douglas. 4 p.m. today. Players designated with the franchise tag must either sign a multi-year contract with the team or play on the one-year tag. For Barkley, that means playing on a $10.1 million franchise tag, something that Saquon Barkley does not want to do, but it doesn't feel like the Giants and Barkley up to this point have been very close in conversations, Harry. Yeah, this is a tough one because when I look at Saquon Barkley and what he meant to that offense a season ago, um, he was everything. You talk about a guy as an individual who was fourth in rushing yards in the National Football League, but also the Giants as a team, they were fourth overall um, in rushing. And Brian Dable came over. He came from the Buffalo Bills, right? That wasn't their MO so much when he was in Buffalo, but he realized, right? He had a quarterback in Daniel Jones who was on the brinks of, okay, can this guy make it or do we need to get rid of him, right? So, mm-hmm. They did everything through the run game. And not only that, you look at a guy, Saquon, who can be a receiver out of the backfield. You have a third and three, third and four situation. We call this play call H-choice. The running back is the H, halfback, right? He comes out of the backfield. He's lined up against a linebacker. He has a two-way go. He can go. He can break in. He can break out. 
uh, plays that I've seen Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles make a living off of in the National Football League. Well, Saquon Barkley is that guy. I'll take you a few years ago when he lined up outside as the far receiver and you have Marshawn Lattimore, who's the number one quarter in New Orleans, kind of, you know, trying to cheat a little bit, not really paying him attention. And Saquon Barkley takes a go route for a touchdown. So those are the type of things that you get in a guy like Saquon Barkley. And if you're Brian Dable, if you're the front office, you want this guy on your team uh, this season because you look at the Giants in their schedule. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. But also, I would just say long term, you want a guy like Saquon. I understand he's had the injuries in the past. But when Saquon Barkley is healthy and he's running running wild like he did a season ago, this New York Giants football team is different, different across the board. Also, if you don't have him out there, now you're putting an extremely amount of pressure on Daniel Jones in which you were able to protect a season ago. Now, do you want that growth from Daniel Jones in 2023? Yes, but also you don't want everything to be on his shoulders because we already know what that looks like. We already know what that looks like, and that's part of the problem here when we're talking about this New York Giants team because Daniel Jones gets paid, but the expectations are still there, and so is the concern about Daniel Jones as the face of that franchise moving forward. And so then you're going to take away a weapon that helps him so tremendously with everything that you just described in the backfield. I genuinely feel bad for Daniel Jones because I feel like he's caught in the crossfire of just where we (laughs) stand in 2023 with running back contracts you said if you're Brian Dable and if you're the front office you want this guy on your team if you're Brian Dable you certainly want this guy on your team if you're the front office the trepidation there isn't about having him on the team obviously you want that weapon out there to help Daniel Jones and help that offensive game plan the concern is paying a 26 year old running back and 26 to me and you sounds like a child but 26 when you're talking about crazy 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 (laughs) you know it's funny Harry because in this business one of the things that you don't think about when this is like your dream your entire life is to end up in this business, which for me is something I decided when I was 12 years old. Oh, I want to be a sports broadcaster. When you're 12 years old, 26 sounds ancient, right? But one of the things that you don't consider is when you go into this business, this business makes you feel real old, real fast. Now, normally I'm talking about guys like, you know, the LeBron Jameses of the world being like so elderly in the world of sports in their late 30s. Now we're talking about 26-year-olds at that run back position being on the back end of their prime it is crazy when we consider how young these guys are but the reality is in 2023 you don't want to hand a running back a second contract that can hamstring your organization well and that and that's the thing when you look at 2023 I think the front office and the way they view the running back position um, I think it's differently than when I first came in the league in 2008, right? To have a, a bell car running back and you look at people like Adrian Peterson and when I was with the Falcons, you had a Michael Turner. Everything went through these guys. And 2023 now, like y- y- you look at offenses and it's all about the pass game, right? It's not necessarily a run game. You, I think you have a handful of teams that still rely very heavily on, uh, heavily on the run game. But when you look at the Giants, and I think when you you look at the quarterback position with Daniel Jones, you got to remember what also helped that quarterback last year not derail, something that we've seen in previous years under different regimes in New York. So if I have that, 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 that centerpiece for my offense and a guy that can really help my quarterback out, in which Daniel Jones' contract, he got paid, but they the Giants have an out in about two years as well, I would want to have that guy on my roster no matter what. But here's something else that's key in this whole ordeal. 
He's not just a player on the field. You talk about a guy in that locker room that all those other guys that are counting on one another respect at a very high level. That's another reason why if you're the Giants, you want to get this done. Yeah, it's somebody who's very, very important in terms of the leadership of that team. Now, there's a couple options here. They have until 4 p.m. to reach a multi-year deal. All the reports even as of Friday, were that they weren't anywhere close. So we'll see, though. Nothing says deal like deadline. We'll see where they end up. So a multi-year deal by 4 p.m., or he signs the franchise tag and he gets $10.1 million this year and plays under the franchise tag. The other option, Harry, that we haven't yet discussed is he refuses to sign that franchise tag and he becomes a holdout in training camp and then a holdout through the entire season and he just sits out that season in order to force his hand we have seen in the past that not go well in terms of running backs and where it ends up being for them in their career once they do get paid on the back end oh I would say this what if he decides to not go to training camp and then you know the week of week one he decides to 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 sign that franchise tag but I think if you're the Giants, you also have to be careful. You can't just throw him out there because you don't know what his conditioning like, in which I think he's probably going to be uh, working on his craft while he's away. But you still also got to be careful now because he does have that injury history and you can't just throw him out there. And I, I'll tell you this, and I have the utmost respect for anybody playing a professional sport. But if you're the Giants and if you're Brian Dable in the front office, there's no way in hell you can go in there and say, you know what? We believe that much in Mike, uh, Matt Breida and Eric Gray that we're not going to have Saquon this year. I, I can't even see a world where that's even uh, – I can't even fathom that. I, I really can't. The problem is for the front office, they're looking at more than just a season, right? And they're looking at what does this do for us in the future? There's reports out there that they've offered something like 13 million a year, whereas Saquon certainly wants more than that. He wants something probably more like 16 million. Obviously, a lot of rumors, a lot of conflicting reports out there. But what it comes down to largely for running backs is the guaranteed money. And yes, the 10.1 this year, if he plays on it, he gets that money. But he wants some assurances. He wants longevity here. He wants a multi-year deal and when you're a 26 year old run year year old running back in this landscape in the NFL it is a paramount importance for you to do everything you can to try to lock down that deal because you know if you play on the franchise tag then sure they might franchise you again next season and then where does your career go after that so this is maybe D-Day in terms of trying to get paid and trying to get that guaranteed money up for his deal because there might not I'll throw, be another I'll big deal around the corner. I'll throw one more last thing out there because right now, honestly, I projected the, the, the Giants to win seven games this season. The front office might be looking at this schedule and saying that <laughs> maybe we hit our strides a little too early a season ago and our schedule is a lot tougher this year and they don't know if they want to pay that money, especially this year. Um a long-term deal. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but me personally, I would sign him because I know what he means to the team. And I got to give myself a chance every year. That's how head coaches think, but also head coaches aren't the front office executives on a normal basis either. I think I'd be trying to load the guaranteed money early on, like load it this year and figure it out and still do a shorter term deal. But again, we don't know where Saquon's positioning in this is, and they have to have a meeting of the minds. And that so far has not happened between Joe Schoen, that front office there and Saquon's people. 
Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you. One star brought his talents to South Beach. Well, kind of. Uh, maybe like an hour north of South Beach. We'll get into that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. We about to fill in some blanks. Amber Wills and Harry Douglas hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Our producer, Pat Costello, joins in. Hello, Pat. Hello. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Messi playing in the MLS is fill in the blank, Amber. Very, very cool. And a huge deal for Major League Soccer. Yes, I get that he is on the back end of his career, and that's why he ends up coming over here. But I think in terms of the fanfare around Messi, we are talking about the greatest soccer player of this generation, the greatest soccer player since Pele. It is remarkable to have him here stateside, to have him here playing soccer in front of our fans, but also, more importantly, growing soccer in this country. He doesn't get the ownership stake in the future that's subsidized by the MLS like Beckham once got when he joined the MLS back in 2007. The MLS has grown significantly since that time. But he does have an opportunity here for an ownership stake in his own right when he buys in. And importantly also he has all those business dealings that came along with this contract here with Inner Miami. And for Messi to come here, I think his goal is the business side of things in addition to the soccer side of things, right? Where it's not about, he's joining a terrible team here. He's joining the worst team in Major League Soccer, which that's going to be a challenge in and of itself for Messi because he ain't used to being on losing teams and hey, yar now. But I think it's so much bigger than what happens on the pitch here for Messi. What it is, is him trying to grow soccer in a country that has been embracing soccer here over the last decade at an incredible clip. So I think it's a tremendous leap for Major League Soccer. Harry brings a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of fanfare to Inter Miami, but also just for the future of soccer in this country. I think this helps. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, the word I would use is breathtaking. To be able to have a guy of that talent, not only be in the city of Miami, where I think it's going to uh, pay, pay huge dividends. You look at last night in, in his debut, being able to sell out the crowd and the excitement that the people had down there in Miami. But also, like you mentioned, Amber, for the entire United States to be able to have someone like Messi. I look here in Atlanta when Atlanta United was formed and Arthur Blank decided that he wanted to bring a team here. You look at a building like that, it's sold out every single um, game just Mm -hmm. about. So the game is growing in the U.S., but having a guy like Messi being able to come over to the United States and put his talent on display um, in the city of Miami and then when you travel to other places, I think it's going to help grow the game and also encourage a lot of young kids to, to get involved as well. I've even been to an Atlanta United game, an unbelievable environment there 
in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And it's such a testament to where we've come with soccer in this country yep. and where we've come with Major League Soccer in this country. And Messi continues to help that equation. Last night was pretty remarkable because, by the way, not Miami. Shout out to Fort Lauderdale. Shout out to B County for actually <laughs> uh, allowing Messi and Inter-Miami to have a place to stay there at Drive Pink Stadium off a beautiful commercial boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. For those of you who don't know South Florida, that ain't Miami, baby. It's not even that close to Miami, <laughs> frankly. Nevertheless, uh, Messi is there, and they are claiming Miami because that's what you do when you're in that tri-county area in South Florida. And I think what it showed last night was that the stadium was packed, small stadium at Drive Pink, but a nice stadium. The stadium was absolutely packed in pouring hurricane-like type rain. I mean, it was unbelievable, the rainstorm that commenced right before Messi was supposed to be introduced. And yet all of those fans were out there soaking wet, but they were out there. They packed that stadium. The rain didn't keep anybody away. Messi comes out on stage. He gives his speech. You get short speeches from everybody. You get a welcome video from a lot of the Miami celebrities to Messi. A lot of fanfare around it, and we're just getting started down there with Inner Miami. So certainly a very big night there for Jorge Moss, David Beckham, and everybody involved with Inter Miami. Pat? Carlos Alcaraz winning Wimbledon over Novak Djokovic is fill-in-the-blank, Amber. Is epic. I mean, epic. Uh, You had a 20-year-old beat the GOAT, right? The dude who nobody can beat on a grass court. He did it on grass. I mean, first of all, by the way, like, quick observation, because that was a hell of a match that I watched yesterday. But, I mean, playing tennis on grass is stupid. These guys... (laughs) That's probably sacrilegious (laughs) for me to say. These guys fell... 37,000 times because grass is slippery and it doesn't make sense to me that we're playing on that surface. Nevertheless, I know it's Wimbledon. Djokovic, kind of a baby, not used to losing. Thankfully, he doesn't do it very often because he does not handle it well. He practically broke his wrist when he broke his racket there towards the end of the match. But for Alcaraz to do this, it's a changing of the guard to me in a way. No, Djokovic is not done at 36 years old yet, Harry. But it feels like finally we have a new generation to compete with him. And Alcaraz is well on his way to continue to do that for many years into the future. And obviously, Carlos's career will most likely outlast Jokovic is by a lot. Yeah, I think I would say Alcaraz winning uh, Wimbledon was needed for the sport of tennis because you, you you see Djokovic winning the last four years, but also so many other records that were stopped and broken last night because Alcaraz uh, overcame and, and, and won that tennis match. I just love when you can have young people solidify. And he's the number one player in the world, so he's already solidified. So I don't even think that's the right word. But, you know, I won't say changing other guards because Djokovic isn't going anywhere right now. But Djokovic, you know, paid him a ton of respect in his post game and said that the, the young man is phenomenal and he's like two or three other tennis players put together in one and he does so many things well and the little intangibles and he understands what it takes to get to that level. To see him be able to win Wimbledon yesterday uh, was, I think it was needed for the, the sport of tennis. But also, you know, Djokovic had some errors, man, that I'm not accustomed to seeing, seeing him have. But it was good that we had a new person win. The most notable thing here was the conditioning of of Carlos, right? Oh, and I yes. mean, he's so much, he is so much younger. I mean, 16 years younger. In fact, he yep. was one. He was one when Joker went pro. One years old. <laughs> and father time is undefeated. And like Harry said, 
he's not close to done, but at the same time, it's hard to compete when those guys have your game and also have been studying it quite literally their entire lives and they're 16 years younger. So the conditioning in a match that lasted almost five hours was ridiculous. Alcaraz looks like you could have played another five, Pat. Oh, uh, we don't really have enough time for one more. So you can throw uh, out Steph Curry winning the American Century Championship shows come on, that Pat. Steph Curry can There's do anything. Yeah. Harry we'll shows he them. can do anything, that man. <laughs> Well, listen, Steph Curry, when he's done playing basketball, literally needs to turn pro in golf because what he's been doing, not just this year, but over the years, is phenomenal. I, people like this that are just so good at anything. I mean, it's obnoxious. All right. It's obnoxious stuff. Like, you're just great at everything. <laughs> Ugh, it's annoying. Coming up next, we go back to DeAndre Hopkins. He is now a Tennessee Titan, but how does that move impact Bill Belichick and Mac Jones as we move forward? ESPN is on the ESPN app. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 